Well, what a relief. Jesus is not talking to us today. He's talking to the chief priests and the elders of the people. And he really let those guys have it. So let's get on with the Mass. There's no need for the homily. He's talking about somebody else. But of course he is speaking to us. Nothing in the Gospel is put there by mistake. The Gospel according to St. John ends with the words, There are many other things that Jesus did, but if they were to be described individually, the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Many things Jesus said and did are not included in the Gospel. So if it's in the Gospel, there's a reason why it's there, a reason why it's included. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when truth himself speaks, we better listen, for everything he said and did contains a message for all of us. But what about this parable? Well, it's obvious that in speaking to the priests and elders that our Lord was referring to the people of Israel as the vineyard of the Lord. The vineyard keeper, of course, is uh, God himself. The tenants who stirred up the trouble were the, the leaders of the people. And the servants sent by the vineyard owner are the prophets of old. The vineyard owner is God the Father and the Son that he sends is Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who gave his life so that we can live. But how does this apply to us? I think the first thing that we need to do is to see what did the owner provide to the tenants in his vineyard when he left. Well, he dug it, he planted the uh, uh, the, vin- the vines, he put a hedge around it, he erected a tower. In other words, put another way, the owner did everything, absolutely everything. He provided the land. He planted the vines. He provided the mechanical means to turn the grapes into wine. He built a hedge to keep out the animals and a tower to keep out marauders. He provided everything. And we don't see, unlike the Old Testament story, that the people didn't take care of the vineyard or that they neglected the cultivation of the grapes. No, the difficulty is that they were ingrates. Ingrates who looked at the produce as theirs, earned by their own effort, as something they deserved, and they failed to acknowledge that the owner gave them more than they deserved and that everything they had was a gift. Sure, the parable is in a special way a warning to those who have leadership in the church. But make no mistake, it's a charge to all of us as well. We live in an increasingly secular age, a materialistic age, an age marked by individualistic and utilitarian values. It grows harder and harder all the time to be poor in spirit, That is to realize that all that we are, all that we have, all that we shall become is a gift from God. Everything around us and everyone, I think especially our television commercials, tell us that our education, our physical fitness, our career, our material things, our accomplishments are things that we have achieved, that we have earned, that we can be proud of. And in the process, 
We basically believe there's no need to thank God for our blessings. Do we not then become a lot like the tenants in today's parable, forgetting that their labor brought about a fruitful harvest only because of what the landowner had already provided for them? Everything. And in their pride and their ingratitude, they became unfaithful servants. They were presented with a choice, really, a choice to be good and faithful servants or to do things their own way. A simple choice, a choice between good and evil, and they chose that which was evil. You know, it's said that the defining words of Satan when he rebelled against God were, I shall not serve. Here's where our sense of relief that Jesus is not speaking to us comes to a shuddering close. He is speaking to us, not as the overly gentle Jesus, a Jesus who never spoke a harsh word to anyone. That's a fictional Jesus, really. Yes, Jesus will forgive the sins of all those who come to him in repentance. He loves every sinner, but he hates every sin. And why is this true? It's because sin will separate us from God and alienate us from one another as well. Sin, it must be remembered, is fundamentally a choice to go another way, making ourselves the center of the universe, showing, uh, choosing something, anything other than God himself. When we are richly blessed, and we are, it is easy to forget the one who has given us everything. And the one who has given us everything also gives us the freedom of choice to follow Jesus Christ or to go another way. And to be truly free, which we are, means that he will not make us be good. He will not make us follow his will. He will not make us go to heaven if we choose something else. God sends no one to hell, but many choose to go there. We would hope that every sinner, without exception, every tyrant and terrorist, would repent as they breathe their last breath. But we can say this, with trembling hesitation, I say it, that those who die in rebellion against God, unrepentant of their sins, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The message of today's gospel for us, do not let a day go by without thanking God for all of his blessings. Live in appreciation. Respond to his gifts by giving, to his mercy by being merciful, to his goodness by doing good, to his love by being loving, and shun all that is evil. Choose life. Choose love, choose mercy, choose goodness, and you will choose heaven and eternal life and joy. Thank him every day for your life, for the beauty of nature, for your body, your mind, your soul, your church, for your for the sacraments, for your spouse, your children, your family, your friends, your freedom, your material things, and the opportunities that you have to serve and to give 
and especially thank him for the gift of eternal life. What's the roadmap? I think there could be no better one than the words we hear from St. Paul in today's second reading. Whatever is true, Paul says, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things, then the peace of God will be with you. In other words, be like those people of whom Jesus says at the end of today's parable. Therefore, I say, the kingdom of God will be given to a people that will produce its fruit. Be those people, and you will find joy in this world and eternal happiness in the life of the world to come.